Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for, Lord, being present here with us. And as uh, as a brother Dave just said, we all are sitting and waiting to hear from you, Lord. And so speak to us, Lord, and give us attentive hearts. Lord, we pray that all that would distract us, all the urgencies of what we have to remember, all of the disturbing annoyances from the past week, would all be, Lord, swept by your Holy Spirit out of our minds, and that we might be free and clear to hear you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn now to uh, Ruth chapter 1 and uh, verse 15, and uh, we'll read a few verses here, verses 15 through 21, and then we'll go to the next chapter, chapter 2, and read verse 2. Ruth chapter 1, verse 15. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left off speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. Now if you go to the next chapter in verse 2. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Now we've been following Ruth as she's left her country of Moab with Naomi. We're not told why Naomi stayed at home instead of going out with Ruth to glean by collecting the corn that fell away from the reapers. We don't know, but she didn't. It might have been because Naomi was invalid. It might have been she just wasn't able to go with Ruth into the field to glean these ears of corn. It may have been because Naomi was just too old and just not able to go out with Ruth to glean the ears of corn. We know it was hard work. It was hard work to go out into the field and glean this fallen corn. And we saw that there was a rest house in the field for the workers. The pace was fast. The sun was hot. And it was dehydrating. And we can see from verse 9, that Boaz 
refers to the vessels of water that were put there in the field. And those vessels of water were there to keep the person from just collapsing from heat stroke. And even though this was taking place in the spring, the harvest time in Israel. But as we think about why she wasn't there, it may have been, and it probably was, Naomi was just flat outright suffering from depression. Because in these verses where we read here in, in Ruth 120, and she said unto, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? See, what, what does, what's the saying here is that Naomi actually wanted her name to be changed from Naomi, which means pleasantness, to Mara, which means bitterness. I mean, think about that. Now, just put yourself in Naomi's place in this verse here in, in chapter 1, verse 20. And just suppose you were just like Naomi in this state, and you really did want to have your name changed to Mara, which means bitterness. Now, we have a legal way to change your name, and you have to go down to the court. You have to go to a judge. And so just imagine if you went down to the court and you asked for an official hearing before a judge to change your name, which you can do. And at that hearing, the judge would ask you, what is your current name? And you would say, Naomi, or, you know, maybe if you're Donald, you say Donald, you know, or <laughs> say Susan or whatever. And the judge would say, okay, now what name do you want to change your name to? And you would say bitterness. <laughs> and the judge would look at you and say, are you serious? Are you serious? You want to change your name to bitterness? And you'd say, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to change my name to bitterness. And the judge would say, in all my years here on the bench, I've never had anyone come here and want to change his name to bitterness. I don't understand why anyone would want to be known by the name bitterness. Or why do you want to change your name to bitterness? And then you just repeated to the judge the words of verse 20 and 21. You'd say, Your Honor, I want to change my name to bitterness because the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. And Your Honor, I don't mean that the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I mean the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And say, you see, Your Honor, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. I was full, Your Honor, and now I'm empty and God has done this to me. God emptied me. I have a miserable life, Your Honor. And God has brought me to a miserable life. I'm in a state of bitterness, Your Honor. God has testified against me, Your Honor. God has afflicted me. No one can resist God. So you said, Your Honor, no one can resist God. No one can change what God wants. And God wants me to have a miserable life, a miserable, bitter life. That's my lot in life, to be miserably bitter for the rest of my life. That's why I want to change my life to bitterness. So please, Your Honor, uh, make the official change to my name of bitterness. You know, judge would, <laughs> judge would say, she doesn't need a judge, she needs a psychiatrist. But So the judge would say, are you sure? Are you sure that for the rest of your life, you will be in a state of miserable bitterness? Is there anything good in your life? When you look at your life, can't you see anything good? Is there anything you can thank God for? I mean, don't you see any light at the end of the tunnel? This tunnel, this current tunnel that you're in of darkness, isn't there any light at the end of it? I mean, I noticed you came here with your Moabite daughter-in-law. I mean, she seems loyal to you. Isn't she good to you? 
I mean, can't you thank God for your Moabite daughter-in-law? And if you're Naomi, you'd say to the judge, well, your honor, I'm sure I will be miserably bitter till I'm lowered down into the grave. There's nothing good in my life. There's nothing that I can be thankful for in my life. There's no light at the end of my tunnel of darkness. I'll be in this tunnel of darkness till they lower me down into the grave. And I tried to get my Moabite daughter-in-law not to come with me into this tunnel of darkness. You see, I jinx everyone. I'm a jinx. And I told her, I said, if you come in contact with me, I'm going to jinx you for the rest of your life. And I told her the best thing you could do for yourself is just get as far away from me as you possibly can. And Your Honor, she's crazy. I mean, I gave some speech about going, about she should go back, you know, to her people. And then she gave me this speech. She said, you should have heard this speech. It was something, I couldn't even say anything. He said a speech about going where I go and sleeping where I sleep and, and my people being her people and my God being her God and dying where I die and being buried where I get buried. I mean, she's crazy. And before long, she'll be down here at this court also asking her name to be changed to bitterness. That's what I do to people. I have nothing good in my life. And I want to change my name permanently to bitterness. I want to be known by bitterness. The judge would just, he'd shake his head. He'd shake his head and then he'd raise his gavel and he'd strike it down and he'd say, so ordered. This lady's name is officially changed to pleasantness. Next case. (laughs) That was Naomi. That was Naomi. That was her state of mind. She was in a state of depression. And she just sat in a corner like a piece of bread and just let depression just cover her like some kind of green mold over a piece of bread until every ounce of strength was gone from Naomi. So it's no wonder to us that Naomi didn't go out with Ruth to glean the corn in the field. She's too depressed to lift a finger. And this description of Naomi's state of mind, it serves us to understand what Ruth was faced with. I mean, now to freeze this for a moment in your mind. I mean, there's Ruth, and before she goes out, she leaves to go into the field there, and there's Naomi. And so right in front of Ruth, as she's leaving for the field, Ruth looks behind her, and she sees Naomi, and she said, that's my only friend in Israel. My only friend is sitting in a corner saying, miserable bitterness, miserable bitterness. And she just, all I hear her saying is that I'm in a state of miserable bitterness. All she says is, God is against me, and if God is against you, who can be for you? All things are working to good for evil. All things are working for evil to me. And so when, when Ruth, she's going out to the field, she turns and looks at Naomi, she says, she's a wreck. She's a train wreck. And then Ruth t- turns and she looks in front of her. When she looks in front of her, she sees a world of Jewish people that she's about to enter into. And what does Ruth see there? She sees a world of Jewish people who despise and reject and hate her because she's a Moabite. I mean, Ruth knew that when she walked into this world of Jewish people alone as a Moabite, that people were not going to come out and greet her and say, oh, good morning. I see that you're a stranger here. Welcome, friend. Can I help you? Please let me help you. No way. No way. It was more like when she appeared on the street, people began to talk to each other and point at her. And then the looks, if not their words, would say, why don't you just go back to Moab where you belong? I mean, how long are you going to stay here? You're not welcome here. Go home. You know, in the 70s, one of my best friends was black. And one time we were sitting together and he told me, he said, Tom, you just don't know what it's like to be black. You know, you don't know what it's like people do a double look on you. 
and stare at you and make you feel so unwelcome out of place just because of the color of your skin. And where did all this leave Ruth? Ruth's only friend in Israel is Naomi, and she's sitting in a pool of depression. She's constantly talking about her miserable bitterness and everyone else on the outside staring at her and wishing, Ruth, you'd just go back to Moab. And at that moment, Ruth would naturally ask herself the question, why am I here? I mean, I don't need this. Why am I not back in Moab? And what would Ruth say to herself when she asked herself that question? How do I find myself in this terrible state right now? I mean, just to, just to kind of keep my own sanity, Ruth would say to herself, let me just go over again why I'm here in this terrible state. I mean, for, in order for us to understand what Ruth would say to herself as to why she was there, all we have to do is just look back at what we read, this steadfast position in chapter 1, when Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. Whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people, my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And where you're buried, I'll be buried there. See, what we see in what Ruth said was an intense love for Naomi. It's all about the I, you. I will not leave you. I will not return from following you. I will live where you live. Your people will be my people. I will die where you die. I'll be buried where you be buried. See, it's all about the I love you. See, and all these statements, they just, this is clear message that Naomi is hearing. And Ruth is saying to Naomi, I love you. I saw that I could be with you. I saw that I could help you. I know that I did not have to be with you. You've made that abundantly clear to me that I don't have to be here and help you. And I fully understand. I chose to be with you and help you out of your miserable bitterness. I have chosen to be with you and I will be with you no matter what it costs me. I love you. Therefore, I will pay the personal price no matter what it costs me personally to be with you and help you. I've made this choice because I love you. See, that's the words of Ruth to Naomi. And therefore, if you're Ruth at that hard moment with Naomi in a corner and she's sitting there, miserable bitterness, God is not for me, God is against me, and you're looking, and that's behind you, and you're looking in front of you, people who despise you, when you as Ruth said to yourself, why do I find myself here? in this hard situation. Why am I here? Then you would say, I am here because I chose to love Naomi. I am here because I chose to help Naomi. I am here because Naomi needs me, and I chose not to forsake her in her time of need. I could have. Oh, it would have been so easy, but I chose not to. I don't want to be here. Ruth would say, I don't want to be here with no food, and as a woman alone going into a field of people who hate me and despise me and reject me. But because of my choice to help Naomi, I have to be here. And even no matter what it may cost for me, a woman to go out there in the field alone with people who hate and despise me, as I find myself here, I say, I don't want to be here, but I chose to be here now. And for me, it's not a question now of doing what serves my needs. 
It's not a question of doing what serves my desires or watching out for my own personal comfort and protection. This is a question of me serving the needs of Naomi and of me bringing comfort and protection to Naomi. And there's a lot of other places that I'd like to be right now. I don't want to be in this state, but I chose to be in this state so I could help Naomi. See, this is not the future that I planned for my life. I had better hopes than this for my life. But I love Naomi. And because of my love for Naomi, I find myself in this state. And so now, as Ruth is just about to leave, she has a decision to make. And she's at a crossroads. And she has to make a decision. Which kind of Ruth are we going to have? Is she going to be the Ruth when she goes out in the field? I mean, one choice is that Ruth, as she's leaving that place, she could say, you know, the Ruth is going to go out there. It's going to be Ruth the Great. It's going to be Ruth the can-do lady. It's going to be Ruth who will defy what stands in her way. It's going to be Ruth who's, who makes sure that no one and no thing stands in her way because she'll knock them down. Get out of my way. See, that would be make Ruth the self-confident one. See, that would make Ruth Ruth the self-assured one. That would make Ruth the Ruth who holds her head up high with a stiff upper lip. Ruth the fighter. Ruth the everyone better get out of Ruth's way and, and just sit back and watch her go. That road, road there would have made Ruth proud. But that road, that road is not the one she chose. She didn't choose the proud Ruth road because Ruth said in verse two, we read, Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. See, instead of Ruth choosing the road uh, marked the proud Ruth, she chose the road marked the humble Ruth. A humble, humble comes from the Latin word humus, which means dirt. So humble means to be down on the ground, bowed down. So she chose this humble Ruth. Instead, she chose to make herself humble and freeze that picture in your mind of Ruth's personal commitment Uh, of love to Naomi and Ruth's personal decision to be humble. And see in that picture the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn, if you would, to Philippians 2, 6 through 9. Philippians 2, 6 through 9. This is in our minds now. We see Ruth. We see her personal love to Naomi and all that has cost her and her commitment. And we see her choice to be humble. And now with that in mind, we read Philippians 2, 6 through 9 about the Lord Jesus Christ. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. See, this verse tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ, he found himself in fashion as a man. Found in fashion as a man. And now in verse 7, this starts a list of great changes that happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. These are dramatic changes. Big changes happened to him as he went from the Lord Jesus Christ, God, at home in heaven, to being Jesus of Nazareth, a stranger, despised, rejected man of sorrows in the land of Israel. 
And Ruth helps us to understand these changes as we think of the changes that happened to Ruth, where she went from being Ruth in her own country of Moab to being Ruth, the stranger, despised and rejected, a woman of sorrows in the land of Israel. And the first change the Lord Jesus Christ is described as is that he says he made himself of no reputation. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. God has a great reputation. Great reputation. He's got a reputation of being the creator, having all power, having all dominion. But in verse 7, we learn that the Lord Jesus, he gave all that reputation up. He gave up the reputation of, that God has. What does it mean? He made himself of no reputation. The Greek word for made himself is the word kenoo. Kenoo. Kenoo means to empty out. So this means he emptied himself out of all his reputation as God. See, the similar word as kenoo in Hebrew is the word ara. And the graphic illustration that we have of the Hebrew word ara is seen when we look at Rebecca at the well with the camels in Genesis 24, where it says, and she hasted, Rebecca, and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew it for the camels. See, Rebecca emptied her pitcher into the trough. And that's the Hebrew word, ara. She emptied her trough. She arad her pitcher into the trough. That was a lot of work for Rebecca to water those camels. Camels drink a lot. She worked hard. And we know that Rebecca made sure that she, there's no way she's going to haul water back and forth. So when she gets to that trough, every drop of water is coming out of that pitcher. She emptied every drop out of that heavy pitcher into the trough. That picture of Rebecca emptying, emptying every last drop of water into the trough, it shows the meaning of the word arah. She arahed every last drop of water into the trough. That's the same word, arah that's used to describe the Lord Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for our sins in Isaiah 53.12, where it says, he hath poured out his soul unto death. He arad his soul unto death. He poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many. He made intercession for the transgressors. He poured out arah his soul unto death. In order to save us from our sins, He poured out every last drop, his soul unto death. Now, just as Ruth looked at her state, and she said, you know, when I look back, Ruth would sit there and say, when I look back at what happened to me, I see that I now find myself as despised, rejected, hated Moabite in Israel, a woman of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And the Lord Jesus Christ looked at his state in Philippians 2.8, and he says, he found himself as a man, not just a man, but a man who was rejected, a man who was a man of sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. As it says in Isaiah 53.3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we take special notice in Philippians 2 of these words, he made himself, he did that. He made himself of no reputation, which means he decided to empty himself of his reputation. He decided to empty himself of all his reputation of God. And then we look at, in Isaiah 53, 12, it doesn't say that his soul was poured out. It doesn't say that. It says, he hath poured out his soul unto death. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God, 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.